This is Dan Myler, host of the longest-running Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast in the industry, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Join me and my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price from DynastyLeagueFootball.com as we use 60-plus years of Dynasty experience to analyze news, walk through startup and team-building strategies, and highlight trade targets to keep you on top of your Dynasty League year-round. It's a different topic each week on the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but the common theme is always the same, helping you build the ultimate Dynasty roster. Join me, Dan Myler, along with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price, each week, year-round, for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard, at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. Ads. Um, yeah, this week we're going to be talking about uh, stash players, or at least some players uh, I've got on my list to put on the back of your roster, especially uh, if you're already looking towards uh, the future. There's a, no, there's an interesting balance between a stash player and a roster clogger, and uh, yeah, I'm going to list them. Anyway, let's let's do that. Before we get into it, I just want to, want to run through a few uh, Week 13 players that look like they should regress, and by now you will know if they did or they didn't. Uh, wide receiver Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore all had good weeks in Week uh, 12. They all scored 14 or more PPR points, but they still kind of underperformed the volume a little bit, so they look like they might continue and if not have uh, a, a, an even bigger uh, game this week. On the list of players that really underperformed to a disappointing degree, uh, in fantasy football, at least, um, didn't produce much of a top 36 uh, week at the position, uh, but should bounce back based on the opportunity they're getting, or at least the opportunity they were getting in week 12. Uh, Chase Claypool, Cortland Sutton, who keeps sticking on that list, by the way, and Devontae Smith, uh, as well as Michael Pittman, all look like the biggest outliers that should start to outproduce their volume more in week 13 at running back. Uh, just because I, I want to use this list more and I haven't been doing it, so I'm doing it at the start of the crossroads. There you go. Mike Davis keeps hitting the list. He's still got an expected points rank um, at the running back position of 31, so he's inside the top 36, and yet he keeps underperforming his volume, which also helps explain why he keeps losing his role. Uh, in increasing degrees, when Cortland, uh, Cordell Pat- Patterson is available, interestingly enough, Chubba Hubbard, an interesting rookie from this year's draft class, he's currently got an expected point rank of 37 in terms of expected point per game, that is. And his expected point share is 35, though, which puts him inside the top 36, uh, based on the way I do this list. Now, last week, he only had a 2.5 um, expected points overall, but he underperformed it a little bit. I just think it's interesting that he continues to get... Um, noticeable volume um, 
in that offense. Uh, also, Nigel Harris, Josh Jacobs, and DeAndre Swift, as well as Saquon Barkley, all look like players who should bounce back in week 13. So hopefully by now you know, know if that happened or not. So let me know, I guess. Um, yeah, this week... Uh, first, I want to do a uh, I want to do a mention interesting content that you might be interested in. I put out a call on Twitter, um, just looking for people that I might not be as aware of as I should, or work people have done that I may have missed because I'm not able to consume as much content lately as I want to. And Bruce Matson at Metric Scout DLF contributor has a YouTube channel, uh, and he's been continuing the YouTube grind where I've moved more into live stream uh, for the season. Um, uh, as well as podcasts, um, uh, he's been keeping up with the YouTube grade. He's already got videos out on rookie prospects for 2021 class, and I'm already starting to get a lot of questions about that, and he uh, dropped that in the thread. And it was a really good video. It was a really interesting one, and I recommend you check it out. Again, it's at Metric Scout on Twitter, DLF Contributor, uh, and you can find his YouTube channel through there. And uh, some pretty interesting videos on rookie prospects we're going to be talking about more for the next three to four months uh, as the season winds down to an end. All right, so stash players are an interesting breed because they are literally one degree of separation from a roster clogger. For example, I wrote some articles um, last offseason, still feels like this offseason, about undrafted fee agents at every position that have interesting profiles that might be worth keeping an eye on. They don't tend to make the stash list because... At a certain point, you need to see something positive from a player in the NFL to hold them on your bench outside of high draft capital or just a rookie profile that I really, really believe in, um, like uh, Tyler Johnson, for example, who still remains on my stash list, by the way. But especially at this part of the season, I mean, stashing players doesn't really mean much unless you're in a really aggressive and competitive league for this type of uh, player to hold on the back of your roster. They tend to jump on and off rosters pretty regularly. That's the level of player percentage rostership we're looking at. Players that really might not be on rosters, not because no one likes them, but because they tend to get cut to find streaming candidates, which means if you're already looking at uh, next year, or more in the mind of looking at next year or the next three years maybe, you might have the potential to drop players that are more usable, more streamable, um, in order to pick up one of these players that's getting dropped on and off of rosters without little notice, or with less notice. Now, running back, um, running backs for that kind of situation are really hard stash, because they're some of the players you can drop in order to stash other players, obviously. But there are, is... Stash players, I know I've got it on the list in the rank sheet, especially because they're value or points players, but with upside. The idea is if they do something good, you're probably looking to package them or up in order to trade into a player that didn't have to be stashed in order to find value. But at the running back position, especially in the season, people are much more aware of those with pass to volume are also those who have good college profiles um, and are recently drafted in the NFL. So the ones that are still on my list, whether I'm competitive or not, I think they're really interested in putting the back of my roster at the running back position is Jarrett Patterson, Kalen Hill over there in Green Bay. He's probably less well-known at this point compared to Jarrett. Uh, Kalen Herbert, who went off the Chicago Bears for a few weeks and then obviously died down as injuries 
revolve that roster back around to him being playing second and third fiddle. But I think the fact he did something positive in the NFL means that he is someone I want to keep my eye on. I went back and looked at his rookie stats, and overall he's not bad. So maybe we'll talk about him more this offseason. And the last running back I have in my stash list is Giovanni Bernard, just because I, I Gio for life. I, I said it, now I have to live it. And that's where we're at. Now, players like Ramondre Stevenson, for example, who we highlighted as an interesting rookie pick this offseason, they're, they're too well-known. They're not they're not a player that hits a waiver wire, especially in a dynasty league, even a 12-team, fairly thin roster. And so he's in a different section of interesting players I will pick up or put on to my list. The, 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 uh, the player targets list has several different categories. I've talked about it here on the crossroads a time or two before and I've tried to put it more in literal writing instead of just a general sense in my head of players that I like and don't like for different reasons just to try and put my process on paper and also to keep track of it to see what's working and what's not working as is my want uh, excel sheets abound so for example I've got value and points players section and running back it's James Robinson Darrell Henderson and Elijah Mitchell and Ramondo Stevenson the players I'm very interested in acquiring at their current value because I think they score points but I think there's a danger in their value upside because they have lower uh, draft capital because they have other competitive members of their backfield that are probably going to carry higher value because of having higher draft capital or just ha- generally having more hype because we spent more rookie draft capital on them. Mondo Stevenson's on that list, but of a slightly different ilk. He, he doesn't have top 12 upside like the other three have shown um, at different points in their career. James Robinson, two years in a row, just saying. Um, but he does have value as a points player. Um, if I'm looking for points. Um, now, on the other hand, I, I can roster all of them as future players as well, but their value has to be slightly lower than what I think of it as um, by consensus. I think all three of James Robinson, Darren Henderson, and Elijah Mitchell are worth the first-round pick. But the only reason I'm trading for them or putting them in a trade to come to my team one way or the other and is if they're held below that value if I'm not competitive. And so, I don't know. Hopefully the list makes sense to everyone that's reading it. It's another thing that I have to monitor and update just to kind of give a sense of where I'm at. And also, so I know where I'm at as questions roll in for who are the deep dynasty stashes and who are the players I need to go trade for right now if I'm trying to win. And I'm trying to have a quicker reference um, than just, you know, using my memory which tends to suck anyway so yeah i don't know why i tried to i decided to explain this other section of the list but there are other sections okay it's there i'm trying to get each positional number down very low i don't want to be i don't want uh, to have a list of which basically says i will trade for every player in every situation which basically is true but ultimately who are the players that i tend to scan leagues for to trade for in different situations or to find out if that fantasy player has a different valuation than I do and maybe I can uh, try and acquire them or put them on my roster for less than I expected. Anyway, back to stash players. Um, So running back, that's it. Jarrett Patterson, Kalen Hill, 
uh, Khalil Herbert. I think they're really interesting players to put on the back of your roster, whether you're competitive or not, and hope at some point for their value to swing up, and either you to get points or do you get value for them um, to use them to trade into a player that didn't have to be stashed in the first place. Um, a wide receiver, I've got a high tier list in there, which I'm really surprised. They're definitely not going to be found in the waiver wire, but if I can add them to trades as I'm trading away points, like uh, I recently traded away James Robinson, even though, as I just mentioned, I really like James Robinson for next year, but my team's definitely not winning this year at this point, so I put a James Robinson in a deal to go get AJ Brown. Which is another conversation, to be fair. But um, these play the first tier in the stash list, they're players I will try to add in a trade on my side so that I can put them on the back of the roster. I don't think they're scoring points right now, but um, I do think there's a chance that their value and their points do circle back around at some point so that I can uh, maybe take advantage of that, whether it's either to play them in my lineup um, or to use them in a trade for the future. So the top tier in the stash list for wide receiver is Robbie Anderson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Devante Parker. Um, obviously, all three have slightly different values, where Robbie Anderson is playing and getting lots of targets, but doing very little with it, and Juju Smith-Schuster basically fared out of that Pittsburgh wide receiver core, much to my dismay, because, um, you know, not... Not, not everyone can hit, but I still really do believe in the profile and that the player is very, very good. Devontae Parker is similar. Um, I don't want to break down all of these players and all the aspects of them. I just think it's worth remembering that all of these players have been very, very good, or to different degrees are very good, um, in fantasy regularly. Their ages don't scare me. Their career arcs don't scare me. I think they may well see value or points upswing, upswings from where they're currently at in Dynasty or the Dynasty landscape. So if I'm making a trade and looking for something to balance it and the other player has one of those on their roster, I'm likely to try and add that coming back my way rather than delve into picks or draft capital or anything else. Um, the second tier, because they're tiers, but not really. Like I say, I'm trying to keep the list small, but they're players that are pretty well known right now, or at least known as points players or stash players. Tyler Johnson, Kendrick Bourne, Zach Pascal. I, I have Kendrick Bourne and Zach Pascal on most of my rosters, and they've been very handy flex plays numerous times this season, um, and that can be the outcome of players on the stash list. They're not necessary players I think are going to break out to be Adam Thielen's. Sometimes they're just Kendrick Bourne's, which are very, very usable players that people underrate because they think wide receiver is deeper than it is for usability, and it's really not. And Kendrick Bourne and Zach Pascal both fit on that list. I don't think they're ever going to trend up in value, although they do because this offseason they value dropped to zero and in season their value is like a third a third round pick so technically you can flip them for value but mostly they're players i like holding on my roster because they do fill in that flex or spot start role and yeah kendrick Bourne always like because how can randomly catch two touchdowns or not so randomly because they're good players with a decent role on good teams and i think that's interesting tyler johnson i think is a little more upside and you know right ride or die especially with they're still literally being zero input cost. These aren't players I trade things away to get. Obviously, that's not the point of a quote-unquote stash player, but I do think there's much more upside, both in value and in points, um, where they sh with what they should currently take to put on my roster, which is mostly a waiver wire pickup or a third or a fourth round pick or whatever else, or a to balance out a trade with some more marginal value or just as an add-in. The next... 
Uh, section of players for the wide receiver position I consider stashes are Seth Williams, Ashlyn Doolin, and Talon Wallace. All variations on a theme of lower drafted players or undrafted free agents, for that matter, that I thought had amazing rookie profiles, most of them at slightly lower conferences, and have been pushed behind very deep or muddled death charts. Ashlyn Doolin has been slightly disappointing, and I don't think that's been the hardest roster to break out to at least some target share in, but we have seen spots this year where he scores a touchdown or he's getting on the field. He's certainly not getting practice squatted. I think the hopes for him working his way into targets or earning his role that I really hoped maybe he could one day do on the Colts is definitely becoming a distant memory. Even with his draft capital, the slower career arc of lower drafted players isn't quite this long, but I do take some positive signs from what he's done this season and and keep him on the stash list. Seth Williams, Taylor Wallace, both slightly lower drafted behind very stacked um, uh, wide receiver and receiving cores and think I think, think Seth Williams may have dropped to the practice squad at some point but I still remember this is their first year in the NFL and so their rookie profiles being above average Taylor Wallace's specifically being above average is still fresh in my mind and I want to remember that until the chances of them doing anything in the NFL become slightly more remote. That doesn't mean I'll forget them, but they'll probably be less likely to be stashed on the back of my rosters. They'll join those other undrafted free agents that I listed in my DLF articles, which aren't necessarily rosterable, even when you're giving up for the season and just looking for someone to hold for right now in case their value swings up for some reason. Um, there, there, there's a sub-tier. Players I remember, but are no longer players I look to stash for in Dynasty. Right now, I, where this is just their first year, and we really haven't seen them do or have a chance to do anything in the NFL, uh, they remain on my list. The, uh, Isaiah Ford is one that fell off and then came back onto my list after seeing some positivity from actually getting on a roster and having significant target share for a couple of games. Again, He's probably more of a points player at this point. He might wind up one day being a Kendrick Bourne or a Zach Pascal. But I still think he's interesting, especially since I saw him get back in the NFL on a team and earn targets and a target share and do pretty decently with it. I think he's interesting. And the other type of player that falls to this type of list is like Will Fuller. Right now, I think everyone's given up on Will Fuller, right? Cool. I just want to remember that he is a very talented player. Um, injuries and uh, drug suspensions aside, um, I, I want to remember that, and that still keeps him in the range of a player. I will stash on the very back of my depth chart just in case he signs with a team or gets on the field next year and does what we know he's capable of doing. Now, Tim Patrick would normally be on this list, but right now... He's very much a points player. You can slot Tim Patrick into a flex or a wide receiver spot and hope to get a touchdown week over week, which is similar to Kendrick Bourne and Zach Pascal, but Tim Patrick's made a lot more noise about it this season, um, and I think people are a little more aware of him, so I was able to move him off this list into the value section. But anyway, so those are the wide receivers I've got in my stash list. Now, in the offseason, we'll put in all the seasonal stats from 2021, and remember we built that... Uh, tab in the database that literally produces players that are the most likely to hit certain production thresholds in the following year. That's how, that's one of the reasons and one of the ways we highlighted Marcus Brown and Debo Samuel and Juju Smith-Schuster. But actually the list hit pretty hard for us this year and so I'm looking forward to this offseason updating this player targets list and my stash players and value blazers and risers and team old guy and elite players, those are the categories, and using that table 
because right now my head's not in seasonal trends, it's in week-to-week trends, and there's probably a few I'm forgetting. But those are the names I've got off the top of my head right now. Not that you have to stop asking on Twitter or nothing, but just just there it is. Those are the players I'll probably mention if you're asking about my deep stashes. Now, tight end, now, and remember we're talking stash candidates, so these aren't... <laughs> These are, these are bigger long shots, but I think they have more upside based on the mostly free value they carry in Dynasty Leagues. I think uh, at tight end, Foster Maru, actually I have to take him off because I, I actually don't know what happened in that game, but I know he became a sleeper for this week, so he's probably not a stash player at this point. So forget I said that. He's probably more on the value section because um, I still he's a good player with a better profile and does better with the ball when he gets earns an opportunity for himself and most people remember and so he's always kind of been one of these names that slides around my now written down but before this just kind of a list of players that I liked so the three players I've got in my head at the tight end position that I think are interesting in stashing where a tight end is at all stashable for you um, is Kenny Yaboa yeah I, I still remember I think he's on the Jets practice squad undrafted free agent weird college profile broken down a lot this offseason but I think that's where we're at we haven't seen him really play in the NFL tight ends have a slower career arc especially lower drafted tight ends that didn't even make the roster by the start of the season but there's a lot interesting what Kenny Ubo has been able to prove in a college football field and so I'm remembering the name he's a tight end I will stash along with Jacob Harris and who was listed as a wide receiver and still might be listed as a wide receiver on the site that you play on, by the way, and also Hunter Long. That's mostly just based on college profiles and uh, also, you know, tight end career arcs. Just they're all first, well, uh, well I took Foster Moreau off live, so these are all first-year players I really didn't expect much from. I'm mostly just looking at the college profiles. And that's a lot of where my stash players will come from, just players who proved to do something in the NFL. People might forget their name because we're well past draft season where everyone could find a hype man to build them up on Twitter. Not that they were doing it, but we were doing it for their fantasy profiles at least. Um, And yet all the positives on the college profiles are still true. And we don't give up too soon um, at all, especially based on my research on when wide receivers break out and the fact that 94% of players who drop by a round in ADP tend to foul out and never have a fantasy-relevant season in their career after that. Not that they're not good NFL players, but for fantasy, they tend not to work out at a pretty regular rate if we drop their ADP significantly. Um, especially if we adjust that for players who did well in their first year, but people just didn't didn't like it. Like Kendrick Bourne, and not Kendrick Bourne, Tyler Boyd dropping by 10 rounds after having 600 yards his first year. That was just weird. And once we adjust for that, it's almost a perfect hit rate. We actually we actually give up on players at a fairly good rate, effective rate. And that, that old cliche that sounds so real, we give up too soon, at least a wide receiver, is not true. We actually give up appropriately as tilting as that might be. However, for lower drafted players, the expectation that I was talking about, adjusting wide receivers, um, based on their draft fall being justified based on the college production, you can find uh, that 6% um, easily accounted for, the majority of it, and just by you know noticing a few players who did well, but, players, but we as dynasty players dropped their ADP anyway, I guess, because sometimes we are impatient. And one of the things I look at in that is draft capital. And yeah, lower drafted players should have lower expectation in their first year. And especially for tight end, that is true, which is why Kenny Yaboa, 
Jacob Harris and Hunter Long doing basically nothing this year. I think Hunter Long's a second-year player at this point. Um, still doesn't concern me, because that's just the way it all adds up, okay? Uh, I'm, I meant to be doing this as a list episode, not a detailed breakdown of the research, but we've talked about it a lot on the Crossroads and on the YouTube channel and most of the articles I've written for Patreon um, and DLF center around what's a reasonable expectation for players at different career points, just so we know, just so we can notice when the quote unquote market or when the quote unquote dynasty industry or the quote unquote Twitter or whatever the hell we are is overreacting to something that really is fairly common or fairly normal. Um, now, again, the stash players. If I never mention their name again, I won't be surprised, but. Anyone you can pick off of the waiver wire, that's mostly true. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. The other interesting element of stash players is, I don't know, it, it's like running backs get less important to add to the back of your roster the less competitive you are in a season. But you also have a little more leeway to add players who won't necessarily immediately be scoring points at any point, which is why Kalen Hill and Khalil Herbert and even Jarrett Patterson um, they, they're they well known to players that are competing right now, but they're also less likely to add them. And honestly, running backs are the most likely to have an immediate spike um, when, when, when in season based on a single game, based on an injury, or based on um, actual workload in a game. And so while wide receivers are often the stash candidate go-tos for dynasty you know we're looking for value we're looking for long-term players go wide receiver and for very good reasons running backs at least selectively make very interesting stash candidates now again i'm not saying this is a perfect list at all i'm less i'm probably less aware of the depth chart of running of every uh, team's running backs um, to be honest, just because where I spend most of my time trying to f- predict things and running backs are I'm really predictable until they get in the field and start doing stuff and they can get in the field at any time where opportunity the running back position can be much more of a coaching decision than a wide, than the player forcing the issue by uh, by the quality of his play. It can be a little harder. Now, that being said, Kenneth Gamewell is still interested in me, and so is Larry Roundtree, deeper on the Los Angeles Chargers depth chart. Now, honestly, the the Los Angeles Chargers depth chart has been a continuous source for me for stash running backs, including Coon uh, Jackson and Austin Eckler once upon a time for everyone knew, absolutely knew that was coming. Uh, but once upon a time, he was a low... He was a lower-round rookie pick target that I really liked, and then he was a stash player for me um, in season, Uh, and now he's a top-five running back because, you know, undrafted free agents matter. Um, But So there is a little bit of a pattern of uh, the Chargers adding players with interesting college profiles to the back of their depth charts, and obviously very few have worked out outside of Austin Eckler. Um, uh, Justin Jackson has been interesting but never quite paid off. So just throwing that out there, that like with wide receivers, we've seen some patterns to interesting college profiles getting added to certain depth charts, sometimes because the scouting department sucks, like Cincinnati, and so they literally go more on hype that may well come somewhat from the fantasy community. In my humble, just my opinion, take, uh, based on uh, the breakdown Ryan McDowell once did on it, but 
uh, a running back seems to be true as well, which is also why the New England Patriot depth chart at running back is always an interesting stash candidate ground as well, which is working out for uh, Mr. Harris and Mrs. Stevenson this year. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I do have some tight quarterback stash candidates, but this... When we enter into the Superflex category, you've got to realize that any quarterback who might possibly one day play a game is basically a stash candidate. If you're a Superflex, you should be rostering stash quarterbacks. And I think this season, more than any other, is kind of showing you why. But still, um, the players that happen to be on my list, I haven't edited this. Uh, I edited the others just to make it fresh and new. Make sure they're... Uh, obviously, I forgot Foster Maru, but still. Um, the, most, the ones that are most foremost on my mind right now, anyway. Uh, quarterbacks, it's just kind of a perpetual list. So Tyrod Terrell right now isn't a stash candidate. But he's perpetually a stash candidate. I saw him be pretty decent in the NFL and underrated, I think, because of his draft capital. And the fact he's a rushing quarterback and some other things like the Bills uh, just bailing out after he had that first decent year in the NFL. And so he's been on that stash list in my mind and the first iteration I did of this this, uh, this season, as well as Marcus Mariota, Ryan Fitzpatrick, because of the Fitzmagic season, literally that's how he made the list and remains on there. And Gardner Minshew, not because he went to Philadelphia. Like, d- d- stop underrating Jalen Hurts, but still, Gardner Minshew's just interesting in that he was pretty decent in a refill role and I'm thinking of adding um, Davis Mills and also Tyler Hineke from this season to that kind of candidate list at some point they won't be starting games again and everyone will move on but I kind of like to remember those players because honestly as much as we uh, bashed Teddy Bridgewater or bashed Tyro Taylor or Marcus Mariota who hasn't actually done it in the NFL to be fair he's the one on the list that's just purely I remember when I had hopes but still um, even base level subpar QB play is fairly hard to find and Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tyler uh, Tyra Taylor all had above average QB play and like Andy Dalton could easily make this list but he's less interesting as a stash candidate because I don't think his value ever goes anywhere and if this was a purely superfix list yeah he would probably on be on here as well these have more general dynasty appeal and that their value and their points could shoot up um when the opportunity became available or they signed to another team and all have shown except for Marcus Barrier some ability to do that at an above average level now Ryan Fitzpatrick we know what he is Gardner Minshew and Tyra Taylor I maintain we didn't really see what they could become could they become Patrick Mahomes Kyler Murray Lamar Jackson no but could they become usable starters could Kirk Cousins started on this list in Dynasty Players, and he's now having one of the best quarterback seasons ever. Is it in a very unlikely path? <laughs> yes, extremely. That's why we put them on stash lists and not go trade for now lists. Anyway, um, those are the players I've got at different positions that form most in my mind um, when I scan the waiver wire or look for just a player to add to a trade just to make it a little more even. They're easily cuttable this offseason as we try to find room for rookie picks that we may acquire and so on and so forth. But mostly these are players that I still try and hang on to and find roster face some other way. Um, so, yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, I guess we're done here. Uh, yeah, how, how are you doing? Sorry, that just kind of stopped. I realized I didn't have a transition out. Well, I guess 
I've been talking to my Discord because I want to get more, do more with the Discord because it's a pretty cool place with pretty cool people about uh, uh, doing some sort of stream or maybe being live in the Discord while I grind the data out to update the weekly database. Um, I'm thinking about doing a live stream on Sunday mornings to start sick questions. I'm just looking for other ways to kind of do more. Anyway, that's about it. I hope you're having a good day. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week. Or you can talk to me on Wednesday on that YouTube live stream we do about week-to-week takes with Dynasty Outhouse when he can make it. Appreciate it. Bye. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.